Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White, and in the dry bunker deep within (laughs) Richmond, no thread of flow here. The Great People Studio is my co-host, fellow savior of others in case there was, James Munsing. Good morning. I'm surprised you're not all decked out in your fire suit, on standby, waiting for Armageddon to hit us. Yeah, I think Armageddon's going to pass us by, thank God. Yeah, thank God. We'll That's see. Pretty crazy. You never know. It, uh, you know. The latest this morning, of course, is weakening a bit, which is good. They think it's going to come on shore as a Category 2 or or potentially even less. Mm-hmm. And then uh, now coming in, you know, Southern North Carolina and then moving south. So yeah. uh, my home state of South Carolina in the uh, in the crosshairs here. Yeah, I tell you what, um, we decided on this week's show topic on Monday night. I didn't really think too much of the fact that this could tie into overreacting. The topic's going to be about anger and the level of emotion that we get. And anger really is about overreacting to things. Yeah. Most of the time. And then I watch our society divulge into overreacting. Not, uh, not everywhere. Okay. I'm not, I'm not discounting preparedness across the Carolinas and what we probably should have done and did do as a society, which was wipe out every single retail outlet of water from about probably Baltimore to Atlanta. I think that's okay, especially if you're in the water business, but there was a whole lot of overreacting going on, James. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, today is Thursday and on Monday, so just three days ago, Yep, They were predicting that this storm was more than likely going to come in somewhere between Wilmington and the Outer Banks and come barreling up I-95, bringing potentially 110-mile-an-hour winds and 20 inches of rain to central Virginia because it was going to come in here as a Category 2, and then it was going to stall out. And a lot has changed, obviously, in the last few days. And But, you know, what What are you supposed to do? It's uh, I love the expression, if if you are ready, you don't have to get ready. So, yeah, good point. I mean, now I'm not sure about clearing out, you know, 20 loaves of bread and five cases of water, you know, like like you're going to go into a nuclear uh, fallout shelter. Um, but I think it's smart to to yeah. get, get things ready. Uh, you know what else I think is smart? I think it's smart for people to be listening to the show right now. It's probably the best thing you could be doing because you're most likely, if you're a listener of The Great People Show, you are, no matter where you're at, you've already been prepared and you're just waiting for this. So you're spending this valuable time. Uh, growing yourself. Yeah. So no matter where you're listening to us right now, on, on the coast of North Carolina, somewhere deep within a bunker inside of Richmond, thank you for being here. Whether you're seeing us on Facebook Live, the podcast, live radio, thank you for being here and allowing us to be a part of, of your journey. Uh, always a reminder, you can check out every show that we do on our website at greatpeopleshow.com. And what do we do here? Every single week, we deliver to you, the listener, the insights and inspiration that you need to not just be the best version of you, but also be the person that the other people around you need to be. And I was hanging out with my mom this weekend. I saw a statistic. She's actually listening. I saw a statistic that if you spend more time with your mom, moms moms live longer. Really? You know, if kids spend more time with their parents, their parents live longer. I saw huh. that statistic. I'm not sure that'll be taken by our our audience. So I will. So so I so I will. Uh, 
uh, I'll, I'll give this topic credit up to my mom because uh, we differ politically. Mm-hmm. And so we, we keep it reasonable. And when, one of the things that we hit some common area on this weekend was, why are people so angry? Like, yeah. it's just the, the level of anger in our society is boiling over. And she's saying, this would be a really good show topic. I totally agree. Because it's more, it's more, about, it's more than just about politics and watching the news and, and being on social media. That, that's the obvious, and I'm not really good at pronouncing this word, vitriol mm-hmm. that we're seeing towards our political system. This is our, our daily emotional reactions to everything. I saw, I think we brought this up several, uh, several weeks ago, that the average human being's brain makes 10,000 decisions in a day. And a lot of those decisions are based on emotions. And too often, some of those motions start to creep towards the angry side. So we make really stupid decisions because we're a little hot under the collar. Oh, we are. What, what gets you, what do you, do you get technically angry, James? It takes a lot to okay. really, to really. Now, so the answer is you do. I do. <laughs> what gets you, what, this is the social media question for the week. What gets you angry? Traffic. Ah, that was a popular one. Traffic, people that do not know how to merge. I uh, the way I go to go to my office in the morning, there's a merge on from 295 onto 64, and uh, half the time people don't know how to use yeah. it, or they're offended that people are actually using those left lanes. That gets me angry. Um, politics, I'm I'm ashamed to admit, politics gets me angry, mm. and. I think that a lot of the growing anger we have in our society has been brought about by the media and by social media, mm-hmm. which drives us to be angry. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, our, our, current, our current president, uh, like him or not, he posts things on Twitter almost every day of the week that is angry. And I... I I agree with a lot of what I see him mm-hmm. him put on there, but I get I don't like the fact that it gets me riled up and and angry. I don't like to be in that state every day. It's one reason I've actually deleted all the news apps off my phone. So you're trying to remove the triggers. Yeah, I mean, I, it that's was a good, that's a good step. In it, our was process literally, today. it was literally it was remove triggers. Yeah, and and it was literally in an effort to stop getting so angry because every time I'd open up the Fox News app, I was finding myself getting angry because. Half the headlines on there are designed to get you angry. <laughs> it's not yeah. just Fox News. It's it's most of the media outlets. Well, yeah. Or to invoke some sort of an emotion. Yeah. Because we're we're surrounded by triggers. You mentioned social media and, and media in general. People are triggers. Mm-hmm. And you actually that was your first answer, right? Traffic. Yep. I I don't think it's really the traffic that gets you angry. It's all the people in the cars making their decisions. That, yeah. that lock you up. I mean, and that was by far the number one answer. Kind of a joking answer to that question on social media, I think, kind of. But most people, when you instantly think of what's the one thing that gets me probably more angry than most, it's when we're in our cars. Yeah. And we watch humanity do what they do behind a three to 5,000 pound vehicle going at 80 miles an hour. And you just ask yourself, what's wrong with you? And that gets to us, right? But why, do, why does it get, why? Do other people's actions get to us, get us to the point where we're angry. I mean, I think that we like to reflect our own emotions and thought processes on other people, even people in cars who we will never talk to, meet, or know anything about. Yeah. It's amazing in traffic how you can make an instant judgment 
on another human being Absolutely. as a person. You know, somebody yep. cuts you off or somebody does something. Well, he or she is a total idiot. I mean, we it's crazy when you think about it, right? Because we, we get so angry and we judge these people as human beings mm-hmm. instantly. I've done some really embarrassing things in the privacy of my car towards other human beings while on the interstate. Yeah. Things that I'll probably be judged for at some point at the end of my life and that I hope and pray that no one ever finds out the things that I've said and the things that I've done to other people while traveling that fast on the interstate. Every once in a while, my wife was in the car, so I do have a witness to it. And I, we, don't, we haven't talked about it since those incidents, so that's really good. Uh, my wife knows if she's in the car with me and there's a traffic <laughs> jam, she instantly kind of goes into the fetal position and prepares for my <laughs> oh, rage. Gosh. Oh, it's bad. I'm bad. Gosh. I'm so bad. we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back and share a little bit about my personal anger story and what gets us angry? Why do we get angry? How do we subdue it? And you may be telling yourself right now, I'm not really an angry person. Yes, you are. You were built with just a little bit of a fuse in you, so don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. So I have a personal angry story because I asked you what gets you angry, and I grew up pretty angry, I would say, okay. uh, just in a, in a general sense. And we're going to get a little deeper into where this anger thing comes from in our upbringing. Um, but I'd say I was a pretty angry kid and uh, didn't do anything s- too stupid out of anger, but mm-hmm. I did some, you know, I punched a hole in the wall at my house as a kid and stuff like that. And let's see, it was, I probably peaked at my anger in my early 20s and was very, very, um, I, I would say it was kind of a rage thing. Wow. So what was all this tied to? Uh, Good question. Maybe we should bring a counselor in here to help figure (laughs) some of this stuff out. I think a lot of my anger was tied to uh, lack of control in my life. Mm -hmm. I I grew up wanting more control as a person because I felt like I was out of control. And I was in a, um, my, my, it was partly due to my relationship with my dad and uh, also, something we're going to get into today is we are, we are wired either for a lot, some, or just a little bit of dominant behavior in our life, the aggressive kind of people. Mm. And you've got to find ways to control that outside of letting it build up inside of you and then come out at the worst moment. And that's, that's who I was. That's, that's how it happened. And I had a job pretty close out of college. I had one job that this was like the second second job I had out of college, and I had a lot of difficulty with my manager. So I'm like in my early, almost mid twenties, and I be- became a manager. I, I became a-, a leader in the organization really, really early. Mainly, I think because I was very driven, mm-hmm. and they saw that and they liked that. But there was a lot of baggage with that with me, and. I specific, I think whenever you, you have these defining moments in your life, you can remember every single minute. Like if someone asked you to paint a picture of what was going on when it was happening, you could get every single detail. You just can't forget these things. I, I go uh, to an event. It was an, it was an, a golf tournament at, with the company. And I don't even remember exactly what it was. I think it was something to do with me receiving an award of some sort, but it was like a minor award and it wasn't really presented to me. It was just kind of like, here, here's your award. I was very, very offended by that. It, it, was, it was a pinnacle of rage for me. 
And James, I went home. I was living, uh, I had a roommate at the time. I went home and the house was empty and I absolutely destroyed my room. Wow. Totally destroyed it. Literally. With my bare hands. Just destroyed everything as much as I could. And I remember that vividly. Like I was probably 23 years old, maybe 24, maybe 25, but I don't want to make the number go up too high because it makes it feel more recent (laughs) than it should. But it was one of the worst moments of my life because I was so ashamed of that afterwards. I was ashamed of that anger. And thank God, thank God, I wasn't around anybody else and I knew how to control. If if you're really into emotional intelligence, you've got self-awareness and self-control. I had enough self-control not to inflict that upon other people, but I did not have enough self-control to not inflict it on myself. So what what happened after that? What did you do to try to change your, I mean, because it's not, even if you're just doing it in the privacy of your own home. Right, yeah. That's still not a healthy behavior, right? It's not, and it's not a pleasant way to live your life going through the, that 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 level of anger. So, so what did you do? And I, I will say anyone listening has been through these issues at some point in the privacy of your own head. Mm-hmm. I, I just happened to have a story where I, I had to release it, which was complete out, outer rage. We have this really effective thermostat scale of anger all the way from completely calm and cool to raging and boiling and explosive. That's, that's who I was. Um, there's, there's an element there's micro and macro here, right? There's the micro of right after you feel anger and do something out of anger and lash out either to yourself or to someone else in anger. The micro is, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That was so stupid. Because the emotion goes away yeah. and you've lost all justification, even though it felt great to do it because you didn't have anywhere else to, to put it. We see this with kids a lot, right? Kids yep. don't know how to control their anger, so they do these kind of things. Throw, throw fits. Here I was a 24-year-old guy throwing a fit in the privacy of my own home. And the, the macro, it, it's hard to tie that into the macro of who I am today. It, it really is hard to answer that question because I don't, I don't really know. Did you just mature out of it? Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't know if I would call it maturity. If, if there was anything, there was um, spiritual awakenings in my life. Uh, let's see, two years after that. And that I think was on that path of, of being rock bottom. And when you're rock bottom emotionally, you're rock bottom mentally, attitudinally, you start to, you start to give up on trying to control everything in your life, but you just can't do it anymore. The ramifications are, are too big. Some people end up in drug and alcohol abuse. Some people end up lo- losing jobs and actually lost that job. I got fired from that job. I don't think it was a coincidence yeah. that not too long after that, I, I lost that job. And that's sad, but really it, it all, it was all meant to be. I wish I'd not gone through it. I wish I was never an angry person. I wish I'd never felt those kind of things, but James, it has defined who I am today. And I, we had this show early, early on when we, when we started this radio show is you can't not go through these things. Let me back up because that was about ready to make tremendous amount of no sense. You have to go through these types of things to be the person that you you need to be. I, I wish we could all live just a, a glorious, easygoing life, but that's not the reality for many of us. And it wasn't, and it wasn't the reality for me. And I, I actually, there's a lot of people out there, I think, listening right now that, that, that have had these certain stories that you've dealt with some level 
of anger in your life and you, you were able to make it through that. And whether it's on the show today or reaching out to us on the email or website, my email is jj at greatpeopleshow.com. We, we really appreciate hearing these stories because there's so many people that, me included, I think everyone listening here in the studios, we have these challenges that mainly just sit in our head. Right. And the important thing to realize about anger, or one of the important things, is that there are different types of anger, right? So when we talk about where you went through that phase in your life that you just had that rage, Mm -hmm. or I talk about how traffic angers me, these are things that should not anger us. We should be able to control our emotions. It's it's bad anger. Now, there are other times where anger is completely justified. Uh, In my life, probably the best example of that is when we were in our mid-20s, my wife and I went down to South Carolina for a football game. And we went to a tailgate with, uh, frankly, with my old fraternity. Mm-hmm. And we uh, there was a big TV set up and we're watching other football games. And there was a guy who was leaned up against our car at the time. And he saw a player something that he didn't like. And we didn't know this guy. Yep. And he slammed his fist down on our car. And I'm watching this from about 20 feet away. My wife was getting a drink and she was close to this guy. Ooh. She walks over to politely ask him, I guess, to to please not do that. So I can't see what which, she's saying. Which I wouldn't have been that. Well, you know, I mean, she, he wasn't, he didn't like dent our car or anything, but so yeah. she walks over and I just see her tap him on the shoulder and point to the car and say, I can't hear what she's saying. Say something to him. And then I see him turn around and clock her in the face. And the next, the next thing I knew the next thing I was consciously aware of was I was on top of him and my hands were bloody. I honestly don't remember what happened in between. Now that anger in my view was completely justified. That's not bad anger. That's a flight or fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, we all have to understand the difference between rational and irrational anger and, and, uh, but it's not always a bad emotion. And well, I mean, you, what are your thoughts well, you on that? You just hit a key, key point is we have to understand ourselves. Yeah. The, the, my, my story that I shared was based on I clearly didn't understand who I was. I, I didn't understand my emotions. I didn't understand how to, how to do with it. And as I'm digging into this topic, there were absolutely cases for where anger can drive us. Mm-hmm. Anger can drive a sense of urgency in us. It can drive a level of competitiveness in us. It can drive, like in your example, a level of defense in yeah. us. Um, the biggest one that I found is anger keeps us from getting pushed around. Mm-hmm. It It is, I think, very natural in life to have people push us around because they want what they want. And I don't mean like physically push us around. I mean like mentally, psychologically manipulate us. Oftentimes that anger trigger can be s- s- the one thing. And you've probably seen these kind of people where, oh, that person, you know, they're not going to say anything about it. They're, they're gentle. There's, and all of a sudden, they come out like a roaring lion. Yeah. It's like, whoa, where'd this come from? That was a self-defense mechanism for, you're not going to treat me like that anymore. That's right. Now, that's the emotion that drives the reaction that I think there are definitely cases where that needs to happen. The question is, how does it manifest itself? Now, that particular person shouldn't come out and punch that person in the face. It should mm-hmm. just be something that encourages them, if not causes them, to really fight for what they believe in. Because that's... A lot of people get passion and anger confused. I, I, I see that all the time. I've had many folks that I've either coached or been through our training where in, 
in all fairness, James, they should have been to an anger management class at some point in their life, right? But their defense of that is, well, I'm just more passionate than everyone else around me. Oh, so that's yeah. an excuse because it gets confused oftentimes. I don't care how passionate you are about something. You can't say that to that person. You can't touch them like that. You can't do those kind of things. It's, it's a totally different, different world. Um, this is about self-control. If you look at the scale, this thermostat that I found on psychologytoday.com, I call it the anger thermostat. Um, if you really look at it to say, well, where, where do I spend most of my time? I'm very proud to say <laughs> that yeah. I, I studied this, that I usually, the most I get to anymore is about halfway, which is that uh, 5.5 level where it's provoked and irritated. I get there. I, I get there probably more often than I would like. But the next one is resentful. The next one is cross and upset. I, I rarely ever feel those feelings anymore. But the story I just shared with you that was 20 plus years old, dude, I was 12. Wow. I hung out bitter, seething, hot. This is where I, this is where I live too often. So That's horrible. It is. I was I I I was horrible back then. So um, we're talking about anger and how to control it. Don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. So where does this anger thing come from? Most likely, um, it was incredibly influenced by your upbringing. Yeah, I like this, how many people are given messages about anger as children mm-hmm. that may make it harder to manage it as an adult. An instant, instant check for us as parents. How many times, no matter what age your child is, when they get angry, you reflect that anger in, retali- in retaliation yeah. to try to discipline them. Now, I don't seem to like physically discipline them, but they're losing their cookies in front of you. So you mirror it back. Absolutely. It would not only in those situations, but it's like if I'm stuck in traffic and my family is in the Ooh. car, my kids, now I'm not cursing or anything in front of my family, but they see me angry. I mean, that's yeah. not a good thing. And it doesn't have to be a lot of elevation, James. Yeah. For our children or for maybe us as a child to have seen that simply to say that's okay. In sports, we're a football family. Man, I you don't see passion in other sports like soccer and baseball like you do football. Like it's just injected with passion because it's such a physical game. To it's back to your angry original, it's an angry sport. <laughs> and and back to your original question, when's it a good thing? I tell you, if you weigh a hundred pounds as a kid and you've got a lineman in front of you, just a few inches from your face that weighs one twenty. I'd say that little extra bit of anger is probably going to help you push that guy back a little bit more. Well, that starts to feed into the, you know, the coaches. I've seen coaches get ejected from games. And my biggest issue is you're role modeling to children. And you know, the role modeling to their children. It's not just on that field. It's, and it's the little things over and over and over and over and over that when you look back to your upbringing, if you have any type of, I don't want to call them anger issues because I think people distance themselves from the word angry. They don't think they're they're angry. I I I don't want to be associated with with anger. What about some of these other words? Um, maybe when you get fed up with something, or someone's insulted you, or um, things get a little maybe a little hostile in someone's words. Um, you're probably more often than you th- realize. You might not be cussing, but you you don't realize how much negative words you're using around your children, and that's probably where you got that from was your upbringing. 
This is very much anger, whatever word you want to give it, being livid, hot. This is a generational challenge that we have the ability to break through development. Yes. And this is a theme we come back to so often on this show. It used to be through most of your and my childhood that if you were upset about something, you could vent to your parents or your friends and those around you. Mm -hmm. Well, today, people vent so largely on social media. And so what happens is you open up Facebook or you open up Twitter or whatever your platform of choice is, and you Mm -hmm. see your your friends that aren't even that close, you know, you're friends with 600 people and a whole bunch of them are venting about things on social media. So instead of in a day hearing one or two people's frustrations, now you hear a hundred people's frustrations. And here, here's the truth, Bob. Most of you are, most of you control yourself on social media. I know you do because you're smart enough to realize those words are forever. Some of you don't, but most of you do. Well, here's the bigger problem. You still said it in your head. You still went through every single emotional response that you would have went through, except for you just didn't put it into writing. You still affected yourself. You still let that really ruin your day. How often have you ruined your day because someone else said something to you? And yes, I said you ruined your day because you took offense. They may have said something offensive to you, but you owned it. Mm -hmm. You invited them into your head and you let them live rent-free in your head all day, maybe all week. Sometimes they're still there for years, years, and if that person meant a whole lot to you and you're still angry over that, about what they did to you or what they said to you. And you know where I think the toughest, James, is when those folks are family members and they just don't go away. Because one of the the steps that we're going to recommend that you man that helps you manage your emotions better so they don't get to the level of anger is how do you remove some of these triggers from your life and what happens if the trigger is your dad or your mom or your wife or your husband or your son or daughter or your in-laws or your in-laws i was reading a book recently and uh this guy here, here was his analogy would you let 50-gallon drum of toxic waste just sit in your living room? I like that. Would you let it just sit there? Yeah. Well, why are you letting that person just sit in your life? Yeah, you know, it's very difficult. Probably the biggest challenge that you'd ever face is removing someone that you care about in your life or attached to because they're blood, because they're toxic. Yeah, that's a great analogy. they They could be possibly driving you to be the worst version of you. Mm-hmm. Why would you let that happen? I, and by the way, easy for me to say, I'm not living in the crystal palace with this. I'm just very fortunate that I don't have to deal with that problem right now. Yeah, and same same with me. But that's a really good analogy, and that's an easy self-analysis that you can do. But you got, you got clients. You have clients that are ticking you off right now. There's someone at work, someone in your business, someone, coworker, whatever, that's ticking you off. Is it worth leaving a job for? Guess what? Most people do. That's usually what drives people out of a job. Yeah, and even if it doesn't drive you out of the job, JJ, if you are taking those things home with you at night, and again, it goes back to the whole living rent-free in your head, and it's impacting your family life because you're angry about what a client did or what a coworker did or whatnot at work today, 
that's that's not a good place to be. A story I frequently hear. We just we just started another Dale Carnegie course here in Richmond, and over the half the folks that we talked to that night said that stress and, and anxiety and worry was their biggest issue. What it came down to is they couldn't leave this stuff at work. Yeah. Like it's almost somewhat expected that you're going to have these anxieties at work. There's no such thing as a free lunch when it comes to emotions and in, in work. The challenge is how do we how do we break it off when we leave work? Well, the bigger challenge is do you really leave work? Because you're carrying you're carrying work with you everywhere you go on your cell phone. But it can get so powerful and so overwhelming to you that you absolutely feel like you have no other place to put it but home. And you're not, we are not noticing these things, James. We are not good enough as human beings. We are not skillful, skillful, skillful enough to know that because that person said that to me at nine o'clock this morning, I'm now being too abrasive yeah. to my child at eight o'clock at night. Those two things are directly connected, but we are not good enough as human beings to continuously make that connection. We're just not strong enough. We're, the emotions take over. Um, you may have been seething and hot at 8 o'clock and maybe only a little irritated at 7 in the evening, but that little irritation can turn into something really big for that other person in your life. Yeah. Really big. And it can have health implications for you, too. It can have physical health implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, heart attacks. Know, heart heart attacks. Stress. Stress is mm-hmm. a poison to your body. And anger brings about, some stress can't be avoided, but anger, and especially irrational anger, brings brings all sorts of stress on you. There, I, I don't even want to get into this before our next break. It's, 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 it's such, I think, the strongest part of this. I'm just going to, I'm going to tease you with it. We are surrounded with unlimited opportunities to be angry. Yep. Absolutely unlimited. I don't care if you are the coolest, most laid back, hey, man, what's going on, right? You are still surrounded by people, events, challenges, all life. Life almost is just designed to make you mad. Mm -hmm. And the question is, how do we respond to it? How do, we, how do we turn these things around so that we have this, this defense system that protects us so that we can protect the people around us so that these things don't happen? So we're going to keep talking about this. Don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. So the first step in this is to never assume that you're not an angry person. All right. we're, we're all angry. We're, we're all carrying this level of resistance within us. And many of you have taken a DISC assessment. You've probably taken some of these other assessments. The D and DISC is dominance, and there's other words for it and other different types of brands and all these things. Many of you are wired for anger in a way. When, um, when you were born, you, you had this level of wiring. Now, this wiring starts to shift until you get to your early 20s. Maybe actually, actually, James, to go back to one of your original questions on how I overcame those particular episodes... I was very, very fortunate to be in that phase, that that age range where you can you can reset some of your wiring because yeah. it gets to a point where you are who you are. And I remember going through this process with a very dear friend of mine who's one of my business partners, and he was leading me through this. I had not really been exposed to this level of self-evaluation before. And he said, so, JJ, tell me why you're such an angry person. I was like, 
not an angry person. Okay. Well, we can either keep trying to have that conversation or we can have this conversation on why you're an angry person. I I don't know what you're talking about. And so he's asking me questions. Do you ever get really irritated when things don't go your way and you have a very clear idea of how things should be and it gets you maybe a little miffed? Like he was going through and I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh my gosh, I'm an angry person. The reason I couldn't see that in myself, because then the next follow-up question is, what do you do with your spare time? Well, I, I run. Um, I, I actually love to mow the yard. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I like to, so if you are a high D, high, a very intense person, you, it's why doctors and lawyers typically are triathletes. Mm-hmm. They do these kind of things because they're in high, they're very intelligent people and they're in high stress situations and they carry those characteristics of dominance in their, in, in, in their being. Mm. They have to find outlets. If you don't find an outlet for your quote-unquote anger or dominance, whatever word you want to put on it, you will, you will boil and seethe. It, it will flow out at the absolute worst times as it should. I see it. Like, I see it. When I'm not working out and I'm not running, I feel it, James. I feel the fuse get shorter and shorter and shorter because there's, so for me, it's physical. For other people, it's, it's mental. Like they need to be able to go and read a lot to let mm. that, that their mind sit a little bit. One of, the, one of the best things I have in my life is I live 30 minutes from everywhere. So right. I'm often in my car. Those of you that just have to walk upstairs when you're leaving your office or have a five minute or less drive and you have some of these tendencies you're missing that decompression period. So you you should you should find a way to decompress before you go home or on your way to the office, wherever that hap- wherever that happens. Hey, you need some everybody needs some me time. As, Good way uh, to put as it. my my wife and I refer to it. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I certainly need I need I try to get an hour a day. It's usually in the evening. And, and that's a lot. Yeah. I mean that's a lot, but you need you know you need it. I do need it. What happens to James if you don't get your me time? Oh, I get Cranky and resentful. Okay, where's that fall on here? Cranky. <laughs> yeah, see how that. See resentful. See where that's six. At. Yeah, cranky. Actually, I saw that earlier. There's I saw so grumpy. Many words. Grumpy was here. up there. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised how high grumpy is. I where, was too. Where, um, where was grumpy? I don't know why we can't find it right now. There's at least fifty. Oh, it's to a six. four. It's a four. There you go. Grumpy. I mean, grumpy, to grouchy, me. and grumpy. Yeah, but no, because out there you, every once in a while. you don't have time. You don't have. You need time. I need time to sort things out in my mind a little bit by yeah. myself to kind of work out what's been going on in the day and and, and hit the reset button. And guess what most people? Guess what most people do? They try to work that out with the person that's making them angry. Yeah, they work it out with the person making making them angry. They make them home and try to. A lot of people work it out with alcohol, or try to work it out with alcohol. Yeah. Um. You know, and I've I've lived in that situation too. Uh, not with myself, but um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it. <laughs> You you can't you can't do that either, um, and we've done other shows about this in the past. But you you have got to find a way to diffuse your own mind, mm-hmm. and that's where it is. Yeah, it's in your head. But the problem is the problem is it sometimes comes out. It doesn't necessarily. You may be really good at the self control. You may be very very good at the self awareness. But that doesn't mean it just goes away. Right. It doesn't mean it just dissolves into thin air. 
it will find its way somewhere in your relationships because that's where you get most pleasure out of getting that anger out of you is taking it out on other people. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's usually people that don't deserve it. Well, and it's often people who we love and who we care about the most. Because we can get away with it. Yeah. In our head. Yeah. And and sometimes those are the people that are easiest to listen to us. You know, I I, I don't want to come home from the day angry and find my wife in a great mood and just lay all of that baggage on her and turn her mood around. I've certainly done that. She's done it to me. I mean, not intentionally, but that's that's tough on the relationship. And that's not always, I, I don't know where that, where do you think that balance is? Because, <laughs> because, right, because part of, part of being in a marriage is to be able to rely on that other person to be your sounding board. At the same time, we shouldn't always be bringing our partners down. We need to have a list of things that you may catch yourself saying that indicate you may be a little angry. And I was just thinking about this situation when you come home. Have you ever said this? What are you in such a good mood about? <laughs> what, does yeah. that, what does that tell you about how you're feeling? That not only are you not in a good mood, but you're resentful, number six, mm-hmm. that someone else around you is. I need to get rid. You know what, folks? Let's have a mission to get rid of those words out of our vocabulary. We should never ask somebody, "What are you in such a good mood about?" At least with that tone. Sometimes I'm pretty. I'm. I'm feeling all right. I'm just curious. It's like, wow, you're on cloud nine. What's going on? But I don't think that's where most of the motivation is when we say things like that. And I'm curious, what would be some other things that we would say, the words that would come out of our mouth, that indicate I had to let that anger leak out just a little bit. And here's something else that just drives me up the wall. I've caught myself saying it, and you should never say these words again. Well, I just can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. You've chosen not to help yourself. And when I say I can't help myself, that's usually right after what you've done or what you've said. You literally have admonished, ad- admonished control outside of your being. That's absolutely ridiculous. You should never say that to someone else. Um, Chris on Facebook Live said he's prematurely turned into a grumpy old man. That's one thing we haven't talked about here is age. How over time, a lot of people become angrier and grumpier. They, they've made movies about it, right? Yeah. Is it, because, is it because we see more of life? We see more of humanity. We see more of the failures. We see more of the, the brick walls in our life. And then we just get a little bit, what's the word here maybe, fed up with it. I think that's part of it. I think that sometimes I I think that I've known a lot of senior people who are upset because their life didn't turn out the way that they had hoped it would be. Yeah. And that unmet expectations. Yeah. And that can cause like permanent resentment that, Mm -hmm. you know, sets in and and frankly doesn't, doesn't go away. Well, now you're getting into the Cartman triangle. I don't know if you've ever, the drama triangle, if you've ever heard of this thing Mm -hmm. before. Um, It's, it's a, it's where you basically are trying to bring other people into your drama. Yeah. Um, and you are playing the victim. Yep. That's where a lot of our anger, that was my anger back in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Actually, now that, now that we're talking about this, that was the source of it, is I felt to be a victim to everything bad that was happening in my life. The transition, James, came when I realized I had control over that. 
the lack of control was in my head. I actually had more control than I thought. And it wasn't to be a victim anymore. It was to flip that outside of me and to help other people. Because we get so self-indulged, mm. self-absorbed. That's where the anger comes from. Yeah, so taking control of your emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've all heard that before. Well, maybe one of the last things that we have the ability to take control over, mm-hmm. though, is our, is our emotions. Especially when you were this jacked up over something. It's like the last... Uh, here, here's, here's, uh, let me make sure I get the right phrase, but here's another phrase that you shouldn't use, or if you do use it, you may find yourself um, trying to control the anger is calm down. Because when you tell someone else to calm down, um, um, okay, my mom's chimed in on this whole thing. Oh boy, what does mom say? I think older people are angry because they can't always do things they did when they were younger. Mm. Isn't this a lack of control thing? Yeah. Isn't this an overreaction? Isn't this an expectation being unmet in our own head? That's where the anger comes from, that you should behave a certain way, that this should go a certain way, and it's not going anyway. So the only thing I have left to do because I'm out of control is just to be in a rage over it or be furious over it or even on our scale being irritated over it. That counts as anger. Irritation counts as anger. You may not be putting a hole in the wall, but it absolutely counts. It does. And I certainly wouldn't argue with uh, what your mom is saying. I'm, I'm sure that's true. The challenge for people, obviously, is you can either accept that, that things are how they are and, and, and that you're going to live the most positive and best life with, with what you're able to do, or you can spend your days being mad at the world yeah. because of it. And you're going to have a very different life satisfaction depending on what choice you make there. It, it is literally the ship taking one degree turn when it leaves port every day, that kind of turn will put you on a completely different continent than where you want to be. It's, it's yeah. this small little underlying current that happens. Chris on Facebook just asked where bitter falls on this scale. 10 out of 12, Chris. Yeah. Bitterness is really high up there with irate and inflamed because that, that feeds back into the victim mentality. So these are the, these are the things that will absolutely transform your life today, and some of them require a tremendous amount of courage, is you have to identify the triggers to your anxiety and your anger and begin the process of removing them. Maybe, maybe you go cold turkey. Maybe it's a job and your manager. Maybe it's a family member. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's as simple as the news app on your phone that flashes Amen. up negative headlines at you every 10 the minutes. The Facebook app is a trigger. I've deleted that too. Delete. You can delete an app a lot easier than you can delete your mom. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, the second, which is you have to find an outlet for your anxiety. Maybe you need to run an exercise. Maybe you need to go read the book and, and just engage in a hobby. But that is one of the most powerful things to create an equilibrium because we are not telling you that you can't be angry. Those are the kind of emotions that will drive you towards something that you've never, ever been able to do. It's about harnessing it for the greater good and not letting it come out as just this source of venting to someone because they happen to be standing in front of you at the wrong place at the wrong time, which is usually the people, usually, that you need to treat the best. Absolutely. But you end up treating them the worst because you think you can get away with it. But let me tell you, pal. (laughs) You're not. Yep. That will catch up with you. You will die alone. 
And that is not a place that you want to end up being. What we're talking about today has not only earthly, but also eternal ramifications. If you don't, if you just channel it a little differently, use it to your advantage. And another comment that Chris said on Facebook, just rephrasing the questions. Um, Rather than seething about what went wrong today, ask yourself what went good today. Journal these things out. Um, Rather than asking why are you in such a good mood, it's like what good has happened to you today? Yeah. Because we're too self-centered. We have to get out of our own way. And unfortunately, we have to go now and get out of your way so you can go and implement all these wonderful things that, um, that we've talked about today. Thank you all for being here and in a, in a part of this show. Um, you can get us every single week, whether Facebook Live at Great People Show, just go into Facebook and, well, I guess we can't encourage them to do that because we're telling them to delete the app. But in case you can't delete the app. In case you can't, continue but to check watch out, us on check Facebook out our Live. podcast. We referred earlier. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we talked a lot about being offended and how that affects us. We've got a whole podcast on being offended and how to deal with that. Check that out. I'm not offended. In fact, you know what? I came into the show pretty angry, but I feel great, James. I'm feeling wonderful. I've got too. the flow. It's going to be a good rest of the day. I need Mo Flow. See you next week, folks. See ya. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.